What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Thoughts by DeVille DI podcast. I'm your host, DeVille DI, about to bring you another banger episode. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about um, mental health, I guess you would say. We'll dabble into that a little bit. Uh, emotions, more. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the um, why you can't stand beside everybody and what people are coming to enjoy more and more <laughs> as i'm laying it out there we're gonna hit you with the penny thoughts yeah the penny thoughts the part of the show the new part of the show where i give a little bit of not financial advice but just sharing deville di's thoughts on different things that go on with finance and stock market and so on and so forth i'm gonna hit you with a few things that i wish that I knew before I started trading. Before we get into that, I want to remind you guys that I am also a co-host of the I'm Telling You podcast. You can tune into that Sundays around 8, 39 o'clock. You know, we be on <laughs> some days we be, a, a, what do you call it, fashionably late. But you can tune into that on the I'm Telling You podcast Facebook page. That's I'm I-M-T-E. L-L-L-L-L-Y-I-N-Y-A podcast page. You look that up on um, Facebook, me and my brother. We go live on that and, you know, we go a little in-depth. Talk about some of everything, man. So, with that being said, let's go get straight into the business. So, this past week was a rough one for you, boy. I lost a family member, my uncle, my mother's uh, brother passed away. And it was an interesting situation for me because I can't really say that we were close. I haven't seen him since I was young, since I was a kid. We don't have really the, the, the uh, tight relationship. We didn't have a bad relationship, but we didn't have a tight relationship. But see, my uncle, he was battling some demons, as they like to say when I was growing up and, and through his life. So, you know, he had a reputation. I'm not going to get into all of that. But the thing about that is, when my uncle passed, we had gotten word probably around a month ago he was battling cancer and that, you know, he probably wasn't going to make it. Well, that he wasn't going to make it. And at the time when I heard that, I didn't really feel like it was going to affect me that much because, like I say, I hadn't seen him since I was little. We weren't that close. You know, we didn't have that I didn't feel like we had the type of bond where it was really going to affect me when that happened. But then once I got the word, once I got the word that he, he passed away, I was sad and I was surprised that I was sad. Cause like I say, the, the, the uh, composition of our relationship wasn't that tight. So it was like, wow, I'm really, why, how am I, why am I and how am I sad because this happened? And I started thinking about, because I started, you know, going through the memories. And these memories were sketchy, to say the least. Like, he wasn't he wasn't like he was no murderer or no type of molester or anything like that. He just had some ways about himself. And I thought about it and I realized, man, that these stories of my uncle, the stories that we tell... Like when we, 
in family gatherings where we when we meet new people, we bring new people around, people don't know me and my sisters and everybody we get around. We tell these stories about my uncle and things that he did and how he was and we sit around, we laugh and we joke and we have a good time. So it was like those times that you know that that saying, you know, one day we're gonna laugh, we're gonna look back on this and laugh. That was the situation. So in that moment I realized like, wow, some of these sketchy times, these what people would classify as bad times, were actually good times because now we're sitting back and we're we're laughing, we're enjoying not laughing at him, laughing at the situations and how we reacted to the situations, things that was done, things that was said in the situations and it made me realize that, you know, despite all of that, despite the lack of a close relationship and so on and so forth, I still loved my uncle. And I'm one of those people who I don't like to be sad. I'm more comfortable. If I'm 100% honest with you guys, I'm, I'm more comfortable being angry than any other emotion. So being sad, I, I, I didn't like it. I couldn't stand it. So what it did, it made me go into a place where I sat and I had to dig and discover why I felt those feelings and why I was going through those emotions. And it made me or helped me deal with some other things and some other issues that I had going on. So at the end of the day, it made me realize that the saying is true, you know, love is love. You know, no matter what goes on, no matter what may have happened, so on and so forth. Love is love at the end of the day. And I love my uncle. And I want to say, rest in peace to you, a big dog. So, now let's get into this. You can't stand by everybody. So, for those y'all that don't know, here in Atlanta, we got a, a situation where there's a rap group, YSL, that is under a federal, not a federal, a state RICO indictment right now. So, you have all these guys bunch of guys who have been who are locked up who have been charged with uh the rico act right federal racket well state racketeering and whatever you know google it <laughs> you know so what's happening now is a lot of these guys are starting to come home because they're taking plea deals and they're getting the jacket of being snitches people are calling them snitches and you told and why did you tell and why you didn't hold it down and why you didn't keep it real and that leads me into this topic of you can't stand by everybody. But another thing, someone brought to my attention, uh, OG Percy. I was watching an interview with him, and he was like, you know, everybody's talking about the Ghana and all these different guys who took t- plea deals and basically acknowledged that that um, YSL is a gang, allegedly, I guess I need to say. But they're acknowledging that, you know, there's gang, this is gang and there's gang activities going on. But see, nobody's talking about how, he said, what is, Young Thug is one of the founders, one of the leaders of, of this organization. So and the, nobody's saying why are these guys telling, like, what is he doing to help these guys? What, why hasn't he stood up and said, these guys aren't involved or don't have anything to do with what's going on because this is a record label. So while this is allegedly a record label, a gang that is masquerading as a record label, it, it is a operational record label 
Young Thug is one of the more popular artists in Atlanta, one of the more popular artists in the game now, period. So you basically have two sets of people. You have the people, the groups of the people who are the gang affiliates. They're there and they're allegedly engaged in criminal activity and so on and so forth. Then you have this other group of guys. You have this group of guys that are there because they're rap artists. They're there, they're signed to the label, they do music. They don't necessarily have anything to do with that side of what's going on. So imagine if you went and you got a job somewhere and you're, you got this job and you're working and one day they come, state comes in, rush, rushes, locks everybody up, gives everybody these charges of distance and that. And all you were there to do your job and get a paycheck. Not trying to justify telling or not telling. Uh, I really don't care either way. But just to say, you can't stand beside everybody. Because, one, this is how I look at it. One, the guys who were there to do crime, if they were there to do crime, and the guys who were there to rap, there should have been some degree of separation between the two. The guys who were there to just to do music should have never been put in the position to where they had to go to jail, to where they had to make the decision of whether I'm going to acknowledge the things that I know that are going on or not. Same thing applies outside of there in life, in business, in general. You can't stand beside everybody. Everybody doesn't need to know all your business. You don't need to know everybody's business. We all have people around us that may have a little sketchy past. Not necessarily a sketchy past, but a sketchy present. They're into some things that you might not necessarily be into. They make some moves that you don't necessarily go along with. You can't stand beside those people. You can still be cool with those people. Y'all still can be have a relationship. Y'all still can have a friendship, so on and so forth. But you need to create a certain amount of separation between you and them. If you got a buddy and you know he from the trap, he in the trap, you know, he riding around with narcotics, bricks, work, perks, whatever, guns, whatever. Why would you get in the car with him? Why would you ride with him? Why would you put yourself in that position? The same thing if you're on a job or in a business. Why would you go and make investments with or or, or partner with someone that you know who does sketchy business? Because that sketchy business, the reputation of that sketchy business will rub off on you. You will get dirty. If you hang with a man who works in a coal mine, you're, going, you're bound to get dirty. So it's going to rub off on you. It can leave an effect on you. It can leave an effect on your reputation, how people perceive you and who does and who doesn't want to do business with you in the future, in the present and in the future. So you got to take a stop and take a step back and look around, look at what's going on and, you know, really analyze the people that are around you, the people that you keep close to you. And, you know, some of those people, you may realize that, hey, I might need to kind of take a step back. Create a layer of separation. Create a little bit of division between us. Separate the me and the them so that when it hits the fan, because it rolls downhill, I say, 
when hits the fan, because it rolls downhill, you want to make sure that you are protected yourself. You don't want to put yourself in that position to where you have to uh, uh, stand in opposition to the people that you associate with, your friends, your family, so on and so forth, your business partners. You don't want to get put in a position to where because you all end up getting lumped up together. People don't take the time out to separate the two and say, well, you know, this was going on here, but that he's a good guy. No, they look at you all the same. They look at you all. If you hang with robbers, people are going to assume that you're a robber. If you hang with drug dealers, people are going to assume you're a drug dealer. You hang with people who give out bad contracts, shady contracts, they're going to assume you're the same. You hang with people who uh, fin- like to finesse people out of their money under the guise of doing business, whatever type of business. People are going to look at you the same. You cannot stand beside everybody. You have to create a degree of separation between you and them to protect yourself. Remember, like my brothers always say, if y'all check out that I'm telling podcast, y'all know my brother always loves to say, he says it a hundred thousand million times, that this is chess and not checkers. So now, let's keep this show moving. Let's keep this show rolling. Like I said, man, make sure that y'all tune into that I'm telling you podcast. That's I-M-T-E-L-L-L-L. <laughs> I can't even get it out. T E. L L L L Y I N Yeah Podcast. And I know y'all are like that's not how the hell you spell that. But the reasoning behind that because we wanted it to we wanted it to read the exact same way like we way we said. I'm telling you, cause we country boys, man. We from down south. We from about also GA two two nine. And so that's how we don't say I'm telling you. I'm telling y'all. We say I'm telling you. So y'all make sure y'all tune into that. I'm telling you podcast. Sundays around 8 30, 9 o'clock. Pull up the Facebook. And now we're gonna transition over into Penny Thoughts. Penny Thoughts. Penny Thoughts where I give you my expert amateur advice on things that I'm into financially. Trading, uh investing saving stuff like that first and foremost i have to say i am not i repeat i am not a financial advisor i am not a financial expert i'm not an expert trader i'm not a professional trader i'm just giving you my thoughts this is thoughts by deville di so i'm giving you my thoughts on things that i'm into and things that i learned along the road of my uh investing experience because i know a lot of us don't have this a lot of us don't come up in families and households in schools and educational systems where we get this type of education so as i'm learning different things i just want to share with you guys so today we're going to talk about some things you know i told you why i got into trading options i told you some things that you should do once you start decide you're going to start trading options so now i want to give you some things that i wish i knew when i started trading options so let me take a little zip right quick and we'll get into it. So, one of the things that I want to know, when I got into trading, it was because some of my friends got into trading and they was talking about it and I used to see my buddy dropping all these posts about this money he was making and he was showing the real, you know, the real Robinhood app results. He was showing the Webull, the trading, uh, 
damn, what is it? I forget. But he, he was showing real legit proof that he was making money doing it. So I decided. And then I was seeing it, Earn Your Leisure podcast. I was seeing it on there. I was seeing Wall Street Trap on freaking uh, Breakfast Club and all these different places. And I was like, you know what? This sounds, sounds something I want to get into. So I got into it. But these things that I wish I knew when I started trading. Let's start here first. I know that I told y'all that one of the things that you might want to do, consider doing when um, you decide you want to start trading was to join a trading group. Excuse me. To join a trading group. I also have to say in the same breath, be wary of these trading groups. Vet the trading groups. I wish I hadn't known this before. A lot of these groups are basically they they sell you the lifestyle or they show you the, the trips that they're taking they show you the cars that they have the watches that they have and so on and so forth and they show you this show you this image of how much money that you're going to be making trading but for the most part they're selling you courses some of them are scammers some of them you know get you in and they uh, uh coach you into getting into trades that aren't that good and this is something else that i wish i knew um the trading options is that most professional traders that manage people's portfolios and so on and so forth most of those traders lose money you're gonna lose money trading but in these groups that's part of it that's like the the small side that's like the fine print they don't put that out there but people i know people that's lost a lot of money by getting in these trading groups and following every trade that the uh the administrator that the, the the whatever they call their people administrators providers whatever i know people that lost a lot of money by just blindly following those um people in that group um so something that i wish i knew Thankfully, I didn't get to hit too hard, but I have taken some losses following blindly following other people's trades because I'm looking at them and I'm looking at their lifestyle and looking what they're doing. I'm like, hey, they know what they're doing. If they invest in this, I'm investing this. Or if they're uh, uh, going to buy this contract, I'm going to buy that contract. doesn't really work like that. That's why I say do you learn it. If you're going to do it, actually learn it. Do your due diligence. Pick your own trades. You could be part of a group if you find a good one. But take that stuff, you know, with a grain of salt. Use what you can use it for. Mainly you want to get in there to go through the courses. Because most of the time the information that they have inside that group is legit. The videos that they have, the books that they'll have posted that you can read, stuff like that. A lot of times that is, is legit. It's just when you get in the habit of trying to follow their uh, trades. So that was the first two things. Another thing that I wish I had a new when I started trading was that, or that I had took advantage of, was paper trading. A lot of these um, broker apps that you can get into, I know TradingView has it, um, have this thing called paper trading. So basically, you can trade with imaginary money. You're not really putting any money into it, but you can go in. It's like practice trading. You can go in, pick contracts, buy them, you know, imaginarily, 
buy them on paper you're buying them but you're not really buying them and you can watch and see how compared to the charts and whatever you can watch it and see basically what kind of profit or what kind of loss you would have took on those trades so without actually losing money you can go in and pick different ticket signals different companies get these you know paper contracts and see hey well i would have did good on this one i could have did good on that one or this one was a flop and you can take a couple weeks just playing around with that studying that building up your game plan building up your strategy before you actually start uh putting your own money into it that's something i wish i had done before i started trading with like penny stocks smalls amount of money because i'm one of those type of people if i don't have actually have something on the line to lose i don't really take it that seriously so i was i felt like it would have been better for me at the time i felt like it was better for me to you know put some money in there and buy some smaller contracts and just kind of see how it works and how but in all reality i could have and i i should have did the in paper trading versus using actual uh capital to do that what's another lesson that i learned let me see i'm trying to look at my notes and, and be cool at the same time when you're when you get out there and you're getting into trades, right? You start actually taking some trades. You did your due diligence. You did your studying. You did your paper trading. And now you want to jump out there and you want to actually get you some trades in. Don't chase. Don't chase. Do not chase where you're buying stocks, where you're buying option contracts. Do not chase. And by chase, what I mean is don't try to jump in to trades because they're popping right now because you heard about like with AMC, AMC, GameStop, those type of things. By the time a lot of us heard about it, it had already ran up. It started off at like seven bucks. By the time most of us heard of it, it was in the teens, the twins, and it was going up and up. So people wanted to get some of that. They wanted to get some of that food. So and then you had the Moaz, the mother of, of all um, shorts and all this that people were telling you about. And they're still talking about trying to get this money back in this, in this <clears throat> point where, <clears throat> excuse me, that these companies are going to have to cover their options. And this is going to be the mother of It's just going to blow so big. Most of us caught that on the back end. When you hear about something, well, by the time it hits the news, by the time it hits YouTube, Stuff like that usually is is either too late or you're right on the tail end of it being a good idea to get in. A lot of people jumped in when after AMC had already ran up with the thoughts that it's just it's going to go higher because people are living off this hope in them and they're just feeling good and it's just gonna gonna run up and it's gonna keep running up. But everything that goes up must come down. That applies to stocks too. So. You hear about a good trade, you hear about something that's booming, something that's exploded. By the time you've heard about it, <laughs> by the time it, it, it's just like becoming just worldwide public information, it's usually too late. You don't want to get in now and at that point. Don't chase. Don't chase at all. To back on into that on another one, um, things that I wish I knew when I first started trading take profits goes right with that back to back take profits 
when you get in when you get into something and it starts running up, you get in this stock, it was ten bucks. And now it's hit it's hit twelve, twelve fifty, thirteen, thirteen, twenty five, you know, it's running up. Take some profit. Don't wait. Don't get greedy and try to sit there and, and just have it in your head that it's just going to keep running up, running up. And Because at some point, people, the big money, the smart money, these brokerages, these firms, they're going to take their profit. And you think about it like this. Us retail traders, especially just starting out, we're probably buying tens or hundreds of shares of stocks, whereas they're buying millions of shares of stock. They're buying hundreds of thousands of shares of stock. And that is influencing the price very heavily. So once they decide to take profit and they bought a million shares and they're going to sell half of those shares or a quarter of those shares or whatever, you got 250,000, you got 500,000 of those shares being sold at the highest peak that it hit so far. That's going to take money out. That, that The price of that stock is going to start to fall. And then you're sitting here bag holding. <laughs> you're sitting here bag holding. You got this stock and now it was $10, 13 14 15 And people start taking profit. And you're sitting there and you're like, oh, yeah, it's going to bounce back. It's going to run right back up. I'm going to hold it. I'm not going to sell yet. I'm not going to sell yet. And now this stock that you bought for $10 that was had made it up to $15 is now worth six, seven dollars. Now you're in the red. Now you're in the hole and you're holding it, hoping that it's gonna go back up. And it may, it may not. It may take a year, two years, three years before it runs back up. Think long term. But you definitely don't want to chase, you definitely want to take profits. The next thing that I thought of that I um wish that I knew uh, when I first got into trade, and I think this may be the last. Let me let me. That goes back piggybacks right onto that. Is you should look at your profits by the percentage, not by the dollar amount. So, same example. You buy a you buy a stock. It's ten bucks. It runs up ten twenty percent. That might be where you want to take that profit at. But you're looking at that 10, 20%. That 10, 20% may be, you know, I'm just throwing numbers out there. I'm not a mathematician and I don't really feel like trying to be, but it may run up 10, 20%. That 20% may be $5 profit a share. So you're looking at that $5 a share, like, this ain't no money. This ain't, I got, I need a little more than that. I got, I, I can do better than this. But that $5 may be, 10 20%. A 10% from my point of view, like I said, I'm not an expert, but from my point of view, a 10% profit is a good amount of profit. 10 15% profit is a good profit to me. Sell some of that. Take you some profit off the top. Then now you're kind of playing with house money because you made your investment. You made a you've made a return on your investment. Sell some of that. You made a little bit of profit. You at least try to get what you put in back, you know, if all possible and when all possible. And now what you have left that that remaining amount of stock that you didn't sell, now you're playing with house money. And you hold on to that and see what it's going to do. 
versus holding that stock too long, like I said, and then um, letting it turn around and run out on you. Also, utilize stop losses. All of your trading, you have to have a strategy. You have to have a plan. The same way you have that plan to take profit, set you a plan of how much, what percentage that you want to get before you're going to take profit and stick to that. When it hits that percentage, take your profit. On the, off, on the opposite end, you want to have a plan on how much you're willing to lose uh, before you're going to get out. You buy an option contract and it's down. 10-15%, you may want to cut ties with that contract. Sell that contract, take that 15% loss, move on to the next trade. You don't want to get caught up in that hoping, like I said, and you hold that contract until it's worthless, till you spent your money on this and you thought it was going to do good, but it's not, and you're holding it, and you're holding it, and now you're in the hole, and now you're, it's, it's so... I've had contracts that have went so low it became so cheap, so invaluable that it was like it. Now at this point, it doesn't even make sense to try to sell it because I'm not really gonna get anything back. <clears throat> On the same hand, I've had contracts that I've held like that to where the you know the the the, the value has dropped tremendously low, and then it turned around. Within before that deadline, before that contract expired, it turned around and I was able to at least make my money back or make profit. But you definitely want to, because, right, we're only going to be investing, we're only going to be trading with money that we can afford to lose. So if that's your game plan, that you just want to hold every contract till it expires and see what happens, that's on you. But I wish that I had a more better understanding of cutting ties, setting a stop loss. And this is stuff that you can do in most of these um most of these brokerages. Um you can set you can go in and set it automatically um, automatic stop loss and automatic take profit and you don't even have to watch it when the number hit there, it'll sell it for you. Boom, it's gone. It's out of your hair. It's out of your hands. Let me see. Take profit. Stop loss. Uh, percentages. I think that's it for tonight. I think that's what I'm going to leave y'all with today, man. Don't want to overload y'all or overload myself, man. Those were DeVille Di's Penny Thoughts. Thank y'all for tuning in to <clears throat> Thoughts by DeVille Di. Make sure y'all tune in to the I'm Telling You podcast. Make sure y'all go over to IG and Facebook and follow the DeVille Di uh, pages. D-V-I-L-L-E underscore D-I on Instagram and Thoughts by DeVille D-I on Facebook. Um, love y'all. Thank y'all for taking time out. Listen to the show. And no matter what you do, remember to be the reason somebody's motivated or masturbated because either way, you made a difference. And I'm out.